Hello, I'm Laura Days and welcome to PwC Australia's Federal Budget Podcast. The 2021 budget has been handed down by the Treasurer Josh Frydenberg, so I caught up with PwC Australia's Chief Executive Tom Seymour to discuss how the budget will help propel the nation from a state of economic rescue to a position of economic growth. What do the announcements mean for the future of Australia's economy, society and you? Let's find out. Tom Seymour, good to see you and thank you for your time. The government has said that this budget will seek to drive unemployment below 5%. Has it got what it takes to do this? I think it has. Um, it's got a couple of different levers when you sort of work through it. There's, there's a big uh, jobs package in terms of training, apprenticeships extended. Um, so a lot of stimulus type packages that go to employment. Uh, so that's the first sort of element. But if you then look at where a lot of the spending's going on initiatives in terms of areas, childcare, healthcare, aged care, NDIS, they tend to be large employers. They're very service-orientated industries. Uh, so as that money gets spent and stimulates those sectors and provides those additional services, that's also going to drive increased employment. And then the, probably the last bit is female participation because you've got to create the jobs, but you've got to have the people there to actually fill the jobs. And one of the issues that we're hearing from a lot of businesses at the moment is they can't get the people. So the, 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 the workforce participation around childcare that links into more females coming back into the workforce, if that works, there'll be almost a supercharged element to that at the moment because there is actually real demand for people at the moment. So if you sort of look at that and you put the different levers together, both from the sort of, you know, the incentives and the training side to just where the money's getting spent, it's in quite labour intensive areas. So you stand back from that and it does give you quite a high degree of confidence that uh, the unemployment rate will go down. Will there be a flow on effect to the private sector? There will be a flow on effect, um, but... Ultimately, one of the things that sort of is a problem still in the economy is low business investment. So if you look at the business investment, it's, 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 it's really now at its lowest point in the last sort of 30 years, 40 years. And ultimately, um, you know, th those government-funded support services to Australians, which are critical, will create jobs. But they, they're also baking in long-term fiscal expenditure for the government. You want to see jobs that don't require government expenditure in the long run, and that will come from business investment, and that's that's a bit of a gap still in the budget. Um, and it's well before the budget, and it was a gap prior to COVID, frankly. That remains a problem in Australia, and that hasn't been solved in the budget. There's no structural reform. What we see is recurrent expenditure. Mm. For CEOs, what are the top three things Australian CEOs should sit up and take notice of in this budget? I think... Everyone will be interested in the extension of the immediate asset write-off. Um, that does encourage what I'd refer to as, I think, medium-term investments. So is that going to encourage someone to build a new $500 million facility? No. But will it upgrade tools, you know, upgrade technical equipment and offices, etc.? I think that will see what I'd call kind of small eye investment. And that will be something people set up and, and take notice of. Together with the, probably the second one will be the change in how you um, can claim a deduction for a tax deduction for software. 
most businesses, large and small, their IT costs have gone up rapidly through COVID. Um, You know, their customers are buying more things online, the staff are working more remotely, all those sort of good things. Um, as, As your ability to sort of write off your expenditure on software at a quicker rate, I think that will be, that will get a lot of interest. I think that the last one is um, that access to talent. It's probably the most common, when I go around and talk to CEOs at the moment, the most common, um, I guess, limiter on growth, put aside the really kind of negatively affected areas of the economy through COVID, like travel, international travel, et cetera. But most of the economy is doing pretty well and the biggest limiter is access to people and access to talent. And I think... Um, certainly already a, today a couple of CEOs have said H- how do I tap into the female workforce better with some of the stimulus which is why I do think that'll drive un- uh, employment down, uh, unemployment down but also provide a real boost to the economy if that can work. Um, so that, they're probably the three, access to female talent, the, the investment allowance and then there's h- how you treat your technology costs. This budget had to look inwards because our borders are closed. And that talent pool that you you speak of, what sectors do you think this budget and this government identifies are the ones that are going to propel that growth? I don't think anyone expected immigration to come back tomorrow. Um, everyone understands that you know keeping Australia safe and managing the health crisis requires us to have a sensible approach on borders. What I would have liked to have seen, though, is a statement in the budget that says when it is safe to reopen borders, per the assumption in 2022, the government's going to go to a position on immigration, which, for example, doubled immigration that was at pre-COVID levels to catch up on the million lost sort of thing. And and I think we're going to have to get to that at some stage in that, you know, access to talent. Businesses like ours, we move probably a thousand people in and out over the year and secondments around the world to when it's busy in the UK, we send people there, they send people back here when it, that's all stopped. We, you know, we know, we've heard about the rural challenges around, you know, workers on rural, hospitality struggling, but I think people go to hospitality and rural, it's actually the services sector struggling. Cyber's a massive opportunity. Um, it's a challenge for the world, but it's an opportunity for us as a well-educated workforce to be the cyber professional hub of Asia-Pac. Very hard to get people into that. Foreign students have stopped. So I think that immigration piece is a really big um, question mark. So is the special skilled visa category as it stands sufficient given the new environment? I think it's got to be expanded. Um, and, and you know, the, the government is doing a lot of work, like the um, Peter Verver's the special envoy to the PM, is focusing on talented Australians. That's right at the sort of pointy end of the pyramid. So, you know, really kind of high net wealth um, or, or sort of uber talented people in the sort of very pointy end. But there's a, there's a big sort of slice below that where you've got, you know, tradespeople, professionals um, that will go in and, and, and be really productive, not only in, um, you know, earning income paying tax, but creating the sort of the skills ecosystem that you can build out around other sectors. 
so I think they've got to go a lot further on on that. Well, the budget does help business embrace digital opportunities. There's $1.2 billion, a package that's for upskilling, artificial intelligence, enhanced government services, unlocking the, the value of the data economy. How does the country take lessons from COVID-19 to help accelerate that digital transformation? I think businesses are rapidly doing that at the moment um, uh, in terms of how do you just have a whole different approach to how you manage your data. I'll give you one example, uh, and it sort of links to the cyber issue, and it's an, a huge opportunity for Australia in a sense. Um, where businesses now and governments want to know where their data is all the time. And if you asked a lot of CEOs two years ago, do you know where your data is at any point in time? Most would probably tell you they don't. If you don't know where your data is and you have a cyber attack, you don't know how to respond to the cyber attack. So where is your data? That's now led to a a risk-based conversation about, well, do I want my data offshore or onshore? And Australia is seen as a really safe destination for, for housing data. Um, which leads to data centres, um, which leads to when you have large data centres, you then tend to have ecosystems built around those data centres, which are high-tech, data-driven, new 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 eras, or new, new, new industry, sort of a new era industry. So I think there is the opportunity to do that, but it comes back to skills and access to talent as well. Let's talk tax. It does seem reasonable that the government wouldn't go down the path of wholesale tax reform at this point, but what conversation does need to be had? Wholesale tax reform is inevitable. Um, it's just a question of when, in my view. Um, Australia's tax base is totally atypical for the economy we need. We're, we're very reliant on profits-based taxes. That's both corporate tax and how you tax individuals. Um, if you think about salary and wages as an individual way of earning profit, um, so that drives our tax system. At the corporate level, uh, the issue with that is a lot of our economy is very cyclical. Now, you see this year it's been a big windfall gain for us because iron ore prices have gone up. I think for every $10 an iron ore price increase, it delivers us about $1.3 billion in extra tax revenue. Great now, but if iron ore goes back down, it's not so good. So managing a revenue base which is highly sort of cyclical that's very exposed to that, makes it sort of a risky proposition. And then at the uh, individual personal tax level, we've got an ageing population. So the amount of people actually paying tax is shrinking every year as people retire. So the sort of, you know, the need for the revenue is increasing, but the base is shrinking. That will have to push Australia to a more broad-based consumption tax shift. It has to over time. It's a question of the burning platform. When the burning platform gets so hot, it can't be avoided, in my view. As a tax expert, how did you react to some of the measures that drive down compliance, um, maintain growth and ensure fiscal management? What did you identify those management issues as? The, the, the changes announced in the budget around providing greater certainty are, are really positive. Businesses like certainty. They can... They can build in, they want lower taxes, everyone wants lower taxes, but what they don't want is starting off on a plan where they think tax is going to be $5 and it ends up being $8. So the sort of the the mechanisms around certainty, and there were two in the budget, one was around um, for small business, um, the ability to intervene in disputes with the tax office, and then for large business, like almost like concierge service, 
I think they're good. They're good measures. Time will tell how effective they are, though, um, because you're still dealing with the same regulator. Um, uh, but um, I think they're they're a good start. Um, what I would say, there's another there was another announcement in the budget about another $130 million for the deregulation agenda or the modernisation of regulation. One of the, I think, almost free options for the government, um, at least from a fiscal perspective, is a massive focus on modernising regulation in this country. So, uh, and, and you know, Ben Morton's been leading this on behalf of the government. And an example that they have done is... If you're a tradesperson, um, doesn't matter what state you are, you'll have national recognition of your your license. That that is that that gives mobility of talent. So if if you're a plumber in Byron Bay and you want to move to Brisbane, you can do it, and you don't have to reapply. So it makes it easier for people to move, but it also makes it safer for consumers. As an example, because if you're a bad plumber in Byron Bay, they'll know you're a bad plumber when you get to Brisbane. So I think um, that's a simple example, but the, one of the, the really strong pieces of consistent feedback we get from our global clients is that Australia is a um, materially more difficult place to do business than places like the UK and the US. And an example of that I think you're seeing play out a little bit at the moment is uh, property prices. So property prices are running. Um, how do you increase and speed up supply uh, of, of property to the market? Well, that's regulation. So modernising and streamlining regulation, not taking it away because regulation has an important role to protect communities, environments, et cetera, but how do you modernise that process and, and improve it and speed it up? If governments can do that, it'd actually save them money uh, and it would have a massive economic dividend. Well, that said, what was missing from the budget? I've talked about a, a, a strong positive statement on immigration intent. Um, uh, and look, that could come outside a budget setting as well, but it certainly, if you look at the Ford estimates, it's not in there. So I think I think that strong view. There's not a lot missing from an expenditure perspective. Like this is a big spending budget, so it's hard to sort of sit back and go, well, they could have spent money on this or that. Um, I, I think they missed an opportunity um, with fringe benefits tax around CBDs. That was talked about a little bit leading into the budget. Certainly, I was pushing for it. I think um, small. CBDs are under pressure at the moment with with the new sort of you know remote working model. Most businesses are running at sort of sixty percent of capacity to what they were before with staff working from home a couple of days a week. If you're a cafe, a coffee shop, a bar, a hairdresser, I think exempting some sort of fringe benefits tax, even if it was temporary, to stimulate two things: one, people spending, but two, employers trying to encourage people back in. I think that would have been. I think that would have paid for itself, frankly, for the government. And finally, what's a small measure that maybe didn't get so much press that will actually make a big difference? Look, I think two. The ten dollars extra per day for aged care is immediate. That 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 will just hit. That will be as of you know budget nights, money flowing into the economy. So I think that's a very quick win to a targeted area that needed it. Um, so that's probably on the expenditure side. On the policy change side, um, quite a technical rule, but th there's, there was an announcement around the changing how you define what is a tax resident. And that's going to, if they get that right, which I think they will, um, that will make it easier for uh, you know, US, European 
um, expats and executives to come to Australia and spend time here. And if we can make it easier and clearer for how they could be here and do their work from here for a while, um, they're probably going to stay. There's a good chance you're going to keep them, which goes back to skilled migration. So I think that's a very clever change. Uh, and it's a sort of techo change, but it'll have a pretty big impact. Tom Seymour, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the 2021 PwC Federal Budget Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our commentary. For additional in-depth analysis, head over to pwc.com.au forward slash federal budget, where you'll find articles and information about the 2021 Federal Budget and what it means for the economy, our society and you. PwC Federal Budget Podcast brings together experts to explore what the budget means for you and your business. Do not miss an episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your favourite platform. And while you're there, feel free to leave a rating or a review. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now.